at the end of the day, no matter what you're looking to accomplish, if you want to build out your online brand or if you're looking to suppress the negative, it's routed in just having a really strong online brand about you and making sure that you're really putting your best foot forward online and telling the story that you want told. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Brand New You Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you own your brand. Each week we meet here to learn how you can use today's technology to own your career, grow your influence, and build your personal brand. I'm your host, Ryan Roten, and today it is my pleasure to welcome to the show Sabrina Clark, Director of Marketing at BrandYourself.com. Some of you may remember Brand Yourself from their appearance on The Shark Tank. Sabrina is a proud Marist College alum where she co-founded the Student Entrepreneur Network and now as a part of the Brand Yourself team, Sabrina is helping sculpt the future of the online reputation management industry. When she is not at Brand Yourself, Sabrina enjoys trying new restaurants, cheering for the New York Giants, impulse buying the latest deals on Amazon, and spending time with people she thinks are awesome, just like you listeners who are tuning in today. Sabrina, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the brand new You Show. Hi, thank you for having me. No problem. And before we even start, I just want to first off say thank you very much for the awesome webinars that you put on. You do a really great job with them. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really enjoy hosting them. I live and breathe the personal branding and online reputation management stuff. And I always walk away with at least one, sometimes multiple things that I did not know before I attended. They are very good. And for those of you who are listening who maybe have not attended one of Sabrina's webinars, I recommend that you head on over to brandyourself.com. Go to their about page and check out the resources tab and you'll see a list of, I believe there's eight, maybe 10 webinars that are there that you can uh, check out on your own time. And believe me, it is well worth it. So Sabrina, as we get started, I have one question that I ask every guest as they come on. And that would be, if you could vacation in only one place, where would you go? That would have to be Italy. I went there when I was younger. I have such great memories there. I have family there. And I I just would love to go experience it as an adult and just experience the magic. You know, they got beaches, they've got Rome, which is where I was when I was younger. But I really like to see more of the countryside and stuff you don't find in the tourist books or on the main maps. Yeah, I uh, I was going to ask which part of which part of Italy, but I you, you said Rome and I actually had the fortune to be able to go to Italy for a week two years ago. And so I got to go through the countryside. It was on a bus tour, but it, it is really a very, very cool country. And I would love to go back someday. That's Awesome. Yeah. And I want to do what you did, what you just said, which is explore other places that are not the touristy spots. Definitely. And I have family in Sicily. And depending on who you speak to, it, it's not technically Italy, but that's just a beautiful area, too. So I guess it's a twofer Sicily and Italy. <laughs> so let's dive into this. I got, as usual, and because you specialize in the thing that I have a passionate about. Um, outside of my regular career and my regular job, I got a lot more questions than probably what we have time for. But the first thing I want to ask, because you live in this space, why is our online reputation so important these days? Well, it, it really boils down to the fact that whenever you want to learn about anything or anyone, you're going to go to Google. You know, you're going to go to a search engine and do that search. I know I do it on a regular basis. If someone tells me about a restaurant, 
if I meet someone at you know an event, I want to look them up so I can put the face to the name and see what their background is. If we're hiring at Brain Yourself, we always Google someone. So we're really living in a day and age where people want information and the internet's the place to get it. So it, it boils down to having an online brand that really portrays who you are and how you want to come across to someone who's looking you up online. So I have to ask, did you Google me? I did. I did. You have a great presence, but I mean, you're in this space, so it's a little unfair. Right. That's, that's very true. It is. It is. But I was curious because of course I Googled you as well. Sure. Sure. And in fact, on some of my webinars, I'm sure that you've heard is I had my own little reputation crisis, if you would. You know, I, I share a name with a popular NFL cheerleader. So whatever she does online is portrayed on my own personal brand. And of course, I don't think anyone's going to be thinking that I'm moonlighting as an NFL cheerleader on the side. But, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, you could share a name with someone. You could, if you're not actively building out your online brand, that someone can just build that brand for you. So it's really important that you're actively working to come across as best as possible. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, And I think a lot of people they they kind of, the light bulb kind of clicks on for them when they have something like what you just described happen to, to you and what happened to me which is my story is very similar to your founder Pete's story and it's Pete Kessler correct Kessler yes Kessler yeah so he he had a, a criminal whose name was coming up for him and I also there's only four Ryan Rotens in the United States actually in the, in the world but one of the four when I Googled myself for the very first time, was on you know five or six of the front page results, and he is a criminal also. He had just been arrested again for selling drugs. Oh, yeah. And so that was my light bulb moment. That's when it, it kind of clicked for me that, you know what, this stuff is important. And I made the decision then that I'm not going to let that guy show up in front of me again. And, you know, now I've put a lot of time and effort into this and it's, he's, you know, he's solidly on page two now. But what do you run into when you have clients who come to you? What do, What is their light bulb moment, do you think, when they come to brand yourself and they say, you know what, I think I might need to do something with my profile? Are they just curious, do you think? Or did they have some kind of moment like what we've just talked about? I think it comes down to, um, it's definitely a pain point for the majority of our clients that come to us. Of course, some people, you know, they just acknowledge the benefit of a good brand. But the big aha moment for, I would say, a majority are, you know, they Google themselves out of curiosity and they find something negative or the more extreme aspect, which it's definitely heartbreaking in a sense, is someone tells them about it, whether it's in a job interview, like what happened with Pete, or if it's, um, you know, a friend that's just curious and Googling them. And that moment of, oh my God, this is what someone's going to see about me. It's plain as day on the front of Google, like, on the front of a newspaper. And that's really when they call us and say, hey, you know, what, what can I do about it? Can I get this removed? What are my options? And we really have to, you know, talk them through that process. I think that's a very good segue because one of the things that I want to kind of cover today, and you actually do a webinar on this, it's yes. called the 10, 10 Easy Ways to Improve Your Online Reputation. So when you have someone come to you like that, What is the first thing that you recommend that they do that will help them improve their online reputation? So I think an initial reaction that the person has is, how do I get this removed? And as you know, it's very difficult to do so. You know, it requires going to a court, getting a court order, which can be very expensive. You have lawyer fees, all that on top of it. And most cases don't fit 
the mold for removal. So, you know, we usually have to get them past that barrier and explain that. And then once we get them there, it's about, okay, now that, you know, you have something negative out there, or if you don't have something negative and you're ready to start building your brand, it really comes down to what we call a three-step process. You want to build a solid foundation of websites and profiles about you. You want to make sure that they're optimized for search engines so they have the best chance of ranking for your name and outranking anything negative. And then you want to keep updating that content over time because what that content will do is it'll suppress the negative and it'll also help build out your positive brand so you can come across as best as possible. So that's really you know how we frame that initial conversation. And it's really the best avenue for any situation. And so what, what would be one of the first steps that you would have someone do in that? I think you probably already mentioned it, which is you you maybe have them Google their name so they could review it. Sure. Should they just open up Google and type in their name and hit enter? Or is there anything special that they should do to make sure that they get what would, what would be considered the real results? Sure. So that's when you're going to want to use what we call private browsing or incognito mode if you're using Google Chrome. If you're just typing it in the search bar, typically Google will provide you with what we call personalized results, which can result in your user histories involved, your location, anything that you've done on a Google account like Gmail will influence those results. So if you want the best picture of what's out there about you, open up a private browsing or an incognito window. And to do that, you just go into, I believe it's file and then new private browsing window or new incognito window. And you'll be able to get the best picture of what someone else would be seeing if they Googled you. Okay. And this will sound silly, I think, when I ask it, but people will understand why when you answer it. What name should people look for when they're Googling themselves? So you should be looking for the name that you think someone's going to search for you. So I typically recommend the name that's on your business card. So if you go by John S. Smith with a middle initial, then you want to Google that. Um, But also try a different, a few combinations, you know, misspellings. If you have a very, you know, hard to spell name, if you have a a very common name, then you might want to also add what we call a qualifier So if you're from a specific company, you might put your name plus the company, um, your name plus New York if you're from New York. You really want to put yourself in the person's shoes that is Googling you to figure out, you know, well, what are they actually going to search for? So let's say we go through that exercise. We Google ourselves. Step two in the 10 ways here is we want to do some housekeeping. So when you say do housekeeping, what are we referring to? Yeah, so it might seem obvious, but we, we've seen time and again people come to us with negatives that are somewhat in their control, whether it's something that they've posted or you know a friend that posted it could get it taken down. So what I mean by housekeeping is just go ahead and delete anything that you wouldn't want someone to find about you, whether it's old social media posts, maybe an embarrassing website from when the internet first started. Um, <laughs> blog posts, anything that, you know, is just adding noise to your brand, just do a housekeeping check of actually what's out there about you, what you've posted, delete what's necessary, and then you have a really solid foundation for, okay, now what do I have to do to start building my online presence? We searched our name. We found out some things that we can go clean up because we own that on our own. So we go through that exercise. And then the next step is that we're going to put our name in a few key places. So when you say a few key places specifically, what are we referring to? Sure. So let's say you have a 
Twitter profile, and it's really not ranking on the first page, but you really want it to. You want to make sure that your name is in a few key places in that Twitter profile because it indicates to search engines, hey, this profile is about this person. Um, you know, Search engines aren't going to be able to recognize that unless your name is throughout the page. So we recommend, you know, once you've taken an inventory of everything that's out there about you that you control, make sure that your name is in a number of key places on the profiles. The first obvious spot is the bio. And the best way to get your name in there is to write it in the third person. So instead of for my bio saying, I am you know, a marketing professional at Brand Yourself, I would instead write a bio that said Sabrina Clark is a marketing professional at Brand Yourself. And that just indicates to search engines that, hey, this profile is about Sabrina Clark. So just go ahead and make sure that your name is in a number of key places Keep it consistent, so going with the name that's on your business card or the name that you're looking to build your brand under, and just do that housekeeping and make sure your name's you know where it should be. Okay, so we should not use the cute name that we gave to ourselves, like Big JS One Fifty One. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you're not going with your old AOL screen screen name for this one. Okay, so when you start to when you start to create uh, some of these bios in different on different sites, should each of the bios be exactly the same from site to site to site? Actually, no. And this is really important. And I think a lot of people glaze over this fact, but Google and all search engines, I use Google as a term now. It's in the dictionary, so I can use it. Google and all search engines really want to provide unique content to its users. So someone that searches for something, they don't want to show them the same six profiles or the same six pieces of content. So when Google is, you know, Google's crawlers, little bots are figuring out what to show on that first page, they want to pick unique content. So you, in turn, want to create unique bios for your website, for all of your social media profiles, so that it has the best chance of ranking on the first page. Now, if you have the same bio that you've copied and pasted into all of your profiles and your websites, it's not going to necessarily hurt you unless you're doing it to an extreme, but it's really not going to help you either. So your time is best spent really sitting down, writing a number of really good, unique bios for yourself, and then using those on your profiles going forward. Okay. Do you, I mean, there's a lot of different sites that people can go out and create, sure. right? There's Twitter, there's LinkedIn, Google Plus. I mean, those are just the social media sites. There's also about.me, there's branded.me. Where, what do you recommend people get started with when they're starting to create these unique bios for each site? So I would recommend starting with what we call the big four. Just like you mentioned, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. Those are still kind of the big four kahunas. They're the ones that tend to rank the best. Then on the back end, there are more what we call industry-related sites. So sites that you know might be related to your profession. If you're in real estate... We've all seen sites like Zillow and Trulia that you can create profiles on. So doing some research about you know, what sites your industry on can definitely help you when you're building out your own brand. But I would definitely recommend starting with the big four and then going from there. And when you even take a look at those profiles, they cater really well to creating unique bios. You know, a Twitter bio is so it's so small. It has so few characters. And a LinkedIn, you really can put a lot of information to it. Um, so as you even look to see the profiles that you're on, they're just going to bode well for having unique, unique bios. 
I actually didn't realize this. So the Zillow and Trulia, you just use those as an example. Yeah. If I go in and create a username for that, those that username is then searchable or indexable by Google? Absolutely. Huh. Most profiles or communities have an ability to create, you know, your a unique username and therefore a profile within it. So look for ways to do that. Huffington Post, not a lot of people realize you can create a profile on. Um, and in some cases, you can actually contribute content on their blog. So really looking for avenues to create content, profiles to join can really help you build out a brand in the way that you want to build it. And I always recommend taking a look at what is relevant to your own industry. You know, a lawyer is going to have a different audience than a real estate agent. So really look into the types of sites and profiles that you can create that's unique to your own industry or audience that you're looking to speak to. So there should be some kind of strategy here. We're not just going to go out and willy-nilly put our name all over the place, right? Exactly. And that's not going to help anyone. You know, going out and creating a hundred profiles isn't going to do anything. In fact, Google could even consider it a spam, which could definitely hurt you. So really taking a, you know, a look at what are the profiles that I want to be on that I can really dedicate time to. We typically recommend that you should really have at least one personal website, so yourname.com, as well as about 10 to 12 profiles. That's a somewhat manageable workload for really creating a solid online brand. And you don't have to be updating them every day. But as long as you're active on them, you know, every few weeks, um, you're dedicating some time in your schedule to make sure that they're active and relevant, then you'll be good to go. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit more because number six on the list here is make a schedule and stick to it. And it says, keep your sites and profiles updated. Uh, You know, what should we update those things with? So you should definitely be looking for first what the profile is, you know, how do you update it? Um, it might, it sounds, you know, simple to say, but you know, a Twitter is updated a lot different than let's say a Tumblr page. So you want to make sure that, you know, you're taking a look at what the profile's content creation looks like. So for a Twitter, let's say, we'll use that as an example. You can tweet your own things. You can retweet what other people are saying. You can like things. You can you know, create comment chains and talk with people. So what you really want to do is look at what the profile has and just start creating your own unique content. I would recommend taking a look at what some of the big players on the sites are doing. So take a look at industry leaders, what other people are sharing, what other you know, users are finding interesting, and then creating your own content from there. If you've created a blog post or you were featured in an article or if you have you know, something relevant that you think your audience would find interesting, then I would definitely share that. And a good tip whenever you're sharing on social media is to include some sort of rich media. And by rich media, I mean an image, a video, um, you know, a snippet of music even. What rich media does is increase engagement. And the more people are engaged, the better. So share a link on your Twitter profile or your Facebook or Google Plus page. Share an image on you know, your Tumblr page. Create a, a presentation on a site called SlideShare. Just look for ways to create that really great engaging content and go from there. 
you're human too. You know, what would you want to read and share it that way? You don't have to really think too hard about it, but think about, you know, if, Hey, if I was coming across this profile, what would I want to read about it? What would I want to find? So just going that, that direction will definitely help you out. We're talking about, so we're talking about step seven here, share rich media. And you mentioned, you mentioned one in there that I'm, I'm hearing more and more. It's like kind of this hidden best kept secret, even though it's come up on this podcast a couple of times. So I'd like to expand a little bit more on it, which is SlideShare. Yes. From where you sit, how relevant are SlideShare presentations when it comes, when, you know, when Google's taking into consideration all the things that it does from a standing out or showing up in search standpoint? Sure. So to give a, you know, a a quick snippet of what SlideShare is to any listeners that might not be familiar, SlideShare is a presentation sharing platform. So if you create a PowerPoint or if you're on Mac and create a keynote, you can share infographics as well, documents. And what it does is allows you to upload um, presentations or documents and it creates a little interactive slideshow presentation for you. And that presentation is embeddable. SlideShare itself shares it with its community and it's a huge community. You know, millions of people are on this. And what we're recognizing from a reputation management standpoint is SlideShare ranks really well in search engines because people really engage well with the slideshows because they can be very well designed. They can have big, beautiful images on them. They're just engaging. They're nice to flip through, especially if you're interested in a topic and don't want to read a huge, big article that's full of text. If it has a slideshare on it or something like that, you know, you're much more likely to skim through that. So what we're finding is that they're definitely ranking really well. And the beauty of them is that they also can be embedded in other places, like I mentioned before. So if you have a website or a blog post that you created, you can embed a SlideShare right in there, just like you'd embed a YouTube video. And that can really help increase engagement on the blog post or article. And in turn, it helps it to rank higher. So we definitely recommend SlideShare as a top profile to be on. Every single one of our clients, you know, as long as they want them, they have them. And, you know, in terms of figuring out how to create them, they might go on the site and say, oh, you know, I, I'm not a designer. I don't know what I, you know, this seems so much work. But I bet everyone has a presentation in their arsenal that they've used for client meetings or they've given at a conference or they send to potential customers when they're interested in something, you know, a PDF they might have laying around. It's very easy to use what you already have and put it online. And now it's a really great piece of content that could rank for your name. Yeah. You got me thinking, I, I, I was privileged to speak at three different places this year. And now I'm thinking, can I repurpose my presentation into a slide share? Absolutely. And then embed it on my website, which takes us to number eight, which is purchase your domain name. Why is it important for people to own their domain name? For a number of reasons. Um, the first is a somewhat selfish reason. And that's, you know, if even if you're not planning to build your own website right now, securing your domain name just ensures that no one else is going to be able to purchase it out from under you. So someone with your name. So when I went to go purchase sabrinaclark.com, it was already taken. So I can definitely advocate for 
securing your name while you can. And you can go to a number of domain registrars. We recommend Hover.com. You are definitely familiar with the Super Bowl ads, GoDaddy.com. Um, and just, you know, do a quick search for your full name. Again, the name that's, you know, on your business card that people are searching for and see if it's available. So if your name.com isn't available, you can try for something like a .net or a .org. Those are all okay too. The .com is definitely the holy grail of them, but if you can get your name with any type of domain, that's great. If not, I would add what we call a qualifier. So yournamerealestate.com or yournameonline.com. That Those are a great option. Once you have the domain, the second reason why it's so important is applying it to a website or profile helps the profile rank much, much better for your name. It's one of the most authoritative things that you can do that Google will really appreciate and help it rank on the first page. So if you have a personal website or a blog, you can put the domain on it. There's also a number of profiles that are coming out um, that allow you to apply a custom domain. So even if you're not really ready to build your own website just yet, there are profiles that allow you to do that as well. Tumblr is one of them. Brand Yourself is one of them. So you can also leverage uh, domains there to help the profiles rank well. I did the same thing you did when I when I googled my name first. My first thought was, "Well, I'm going to need to go purchase my my domain." And come to find out, one of the other four, other three Ryan's had already purchased it. Right. Fortunately for me, he was sitting on RyanRoten.com and not doing anything with it. So what I did was I went to the Who Is directory, which if you just type in Who Is online, it'll pull it up, and you can find out who owns websites. Yep. And I noted when it was going to expire, and I actually put that date into my phone. You know, and it just turned out a year later, it became available and I was able to purchase it. But for that year, I was RyanLRoten.com. Right. And just something as simple as adding a middle initial can help you get that .com that, you know, you you already mentioned is like, it's the holy grail. Everybody wants the .com. Definitely. And again, .net.org are, are great too. Um, there are some what we call hipper extensions. So, you know, .com, .net, .org, or what we call the domain extension. And now you can get anything. It's so ridiculous from .pizza to like .bingo. <laughs> uh, well, I have Ryan Roten .rocks. That's cool, though. That's cool. You can do something <laughs> with that. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're relatively new domains. It's kind of hard to tell how well they're going to rank. So they're definitely cool to have as a novelty item or if you have a special project in mind. But for your full website, I would definitely recommend, you know, sticking with some of the more traditional ones. Although, you know, I, I should see if SabrinaClark.rocks is available. There you go. You got it. It's yours this afternoon. <laughs> but another thing I might recommend too, and I hate I hate that they let this one go through, but there is a dot sucks domain now. There is. And it is expensive to buy. So I am I am hoping that no one gets a really crazy idea and decides to spend a lot of money to buy it. But that one really irritates me. It's because people could buy that domain and go out and trash your name on it. Oh, def- it's definitely something uh, to consider. Uh, they are incredibly expensive to reserve. The internet is moving more towards a direction of, you know, it's always been the Wild West, but more than ever, people's reputations are on the line. So it just proves, you know, something like as simple as a dot sucks extension is just cause for, you know, even if you don't have something out there negative right now, you should at least be safeguarding your reputation. Because if something negative were to pop up and you have 
a really strong foundation of sites and profiles in place, it's going to have a lot less impact than if you've done nothing with your online brand and now that one negative is speaking for you online. One of the other ways to help improve your current online brand is number step number nine, which you have is try your hand at blogging. Mm-hmm. So for the people who hear that and they cringe and they go, I don't want to do that. What, what advice do we give them to let them know that, look, blogging is a good thing for you? Yeah. At first I would say it'll, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's not that hard. Um, of course, you know, you can, you know, really beef out a, a huge blog and put, all that you have into it. And there are professional bloggers out there that make their living out of it. But when when I say try your hand at blogging, I mean, you know, just putting out really actionable and valuable content on behalf of yourself so that you can really build out your online brand and, and your online reputation. There's so many platforms now that make it so simple. I would probably at the top of my head is a site called Medium com if you're not familiar with it. So like low, medium, high. It's relatively new, but it's really taken off. You've probably been shared on an article that's been written on it and not even realized it. All you need to sign up is a Twitter profile. It was started by the guys from Twitter. So, you know, look what they did there. Uh, look at that. <laughs> um, so you sign up with a Twitter profile and you can just, you can start blogging immediately. The interface is very simple. It requires zero and I mean zero coding or knowledge of what even that means, you can just start typing away, save, and publish a draft as easy as that. So there really is no excuse from a technical standpoint on why you shouldn't be blogging. Of course, there is always a time constraint. Um, So again, really setting a schedule that you think you can stick to, thinking about topics that are relative to your industry, to your audience, Going back to that real estate example, take a look at, hey, you know, what are some pieces of content that I can write that I think someone who's looking to hire me as a real estate agent is going to find valuable? You know, maybe it's buying trends in your area or the 10 great places to eat in New York if you're a New York real estate agent. Really taking a look at that type of content and again, putting in what you already know and what you've already put in. One of the little tricks that we use here is we use frequently answered questions that we answer to our users all the time that we're always finding ourselves answering. And we've just started putting them into blogs. And it kind of kills two birds with one stone because we can now refer people to this really great blog post with all the information that they need. But we also know that they're going to find it valuable because they're already asking us for it. So just taking a step back to really think about what you could write is probably the only barrier you have right now to blogging. And there are other platforms you could try, Tumblr, WordPress, but definitely if the technical aspects turning you off, I'd recommend at least starting with Medium. So we're going to post content and you mentioned this earlier, so I want to come back to this. Sure. There's this talk about how duplicate content can actually hurt you from a Google standpoint. So if I have mm-hmm. different profiles, so say I've got a Tumblr, a Tumblr blog, WordPress blog, which we'll talk a little bit more about here in a minute, and I and Medium. Can I write one post and put the same post on all three? Or do I need to change the post slightly for each of those so that Google doesn't hit me for a you know duplicate con- having duplicate content on the web? 
So it, it's a delicate, uh, it's still a balance in a sense. Of course, you know, you might not always have the time to write three unique posts for every single one of your sites. So it is okay, especially if it's a blog post that you're particularly proud of that you want, you want it to be on every profile. But going back to it, it might not hurt you, but it's not really going to help you. So if you're finding that, you know, your Tumblr isn't really ranking that well for your name, and then you look and it's really just duplicate content from your other profiles, then you might want to switch it up and put something unique on there to give it a little bit of a boost. So I wouldn't be too concerned about the penalty. Where the penalty really comes in and the reason why they started to penalize it is for spamming. So if you're taking a blog post and putting it on every feasible place you could possibly find on the web, you have it on you know, 20, 50, 60 web pages, that's when they really start penalizing you. So I would keep in mind the duplicate content thing. You don't have to get too crazy because you will actually drive yourself nuts, but it's okay to you know, post something on multiple, multiple pages. So the last one, the last easy step here to improve our online reputation is to create a hub that is about us on the web. And this is the personal website that you have spoken to about earlier. So now yeah. this is getting a little bit more technical. Sure. So we can try our hand at blogging for free on places like Medium where we really just kind of log in and start typing. But what about your customers or people who are really apprehensive about starting a, their own personal website? I definitely would recommend taking a look at your skill level and being kind of honest with yourself about given time. Now, there are so many sites and now that allow you to build a website for free to little to nothing, you know. So we typically recommend WordPress. You can sign up for free. There are a number of free templates that are basically plug and play. Now, the thing I will say about WordPress is there is an ability for a high level of customization. So when you first sign in, you might be overwhelmed by the all of the options and plugins you can download, but there are some very basic templates that you could get a site up and running and you wouldn't have to be too, you know, technically savvy. Now, if you're looking for something that's super custom, you just have to kind of be honest with yourself about potentially working with someone to build that website for you. But I can't stress enough how important it is. You know, that is the the website, you know, I'm you mentioned is that hub. It is the place that someone's going to go to learn everything about you. It's really something that you should be putting in your email signature, on your business card. You can direct people to it. And you can really craft your own message there. And that's really where your brand lives. So if you're concerned about the, if you're really concerned about the technical aspects and you've taken a look at some, you know, site builder sites and still think it's a little much, then I would really recommend, you know, taking a look at someone handling that work for you. And, you know, you don't have to break the bank. It's very, it's very simple to get a, a good website built, the foundation at least, and then you can add content to it as you need. So we've got this website that's going to be our hub, but what do we do with all this these, I'll call it stuff, right? But what do we do with all this stuff that we've just created? Sure. Is there a way that we can use it all to help Google understand that this is stuff about us? Sure. So now you got these baskets of contents and profiles. Right. What do you do with them? Right. So the best way to indicate now to search engines is, hey, all this stuff is related, is to now link it together. So if you have your personal website 
you know, you might have a contact page that also has all of the other profiles about you online where, you know, hey, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, check out my slide shares, catch me on Medium, my latest post was this. By linking to all of the profiles, you're able to indicate to search engines, hey, you know, all of these things are about this one person that this person's searching for. So maybe we should have them all ranked together. And vice versa with your profiles. You There's typically a field that you can put for a website. So you'll be able to link to your website and from your web- website, link back to your profiles. We've talked about now the 10 ways that we can improve our online reputations. So I want to I want to kind of get negative now sure. and talk about the thing that will really spur people to action, right? So you got the curious people who want to know more, but then you have the people who have a real need because something negative has come up in their search results. Sure. So we'll start with very insignificant negative, which is, which when I say that, I mean, it's not stuff that you really want to show up about you, but it's not bad either. So it's sites like Spokio or 411, or I guess white pages is one now too. Is there a way that you can get rid of those sites in your search results? So there are a few um, services that you can kind of unsubscribe yourself from the directories. Um, It doesn't work for all of them. So probably your best option is The process that we were just talking about, a reason why a lot of those sites tend to rank um, on the first page. Let's say we type in, you know, johnsmith.com and all we find are these, you know, information sites like white pages. Those typically tend to rank because there's not much competition. So you're actually in a really good place. So all you really need to do is start to get some content out there and you should start to see some of those things suppressed down to you know the second, the third and so forth pages. So I would definitely recommend, you know, just starting to build out that foundation and you know over time those should start to, you know, move rather quickly. You mentioned there are services you can unsubscribe from. Is there something you can unsubscribe specifically to get like the Spokio one? That's kind of annoying. It shows up everywhere. Is there a way you can unsubscribe from those or it's just there and the only way to, to quote unquote get rid of it is to really bury it? Sure. You know, you know, I'm not too sure about the Spokio ones, to be quite honest. Uh, Safe Shepherd, uh, you know, used to have a service that would unsubscribe you from all the ones that you could. Yes, I believe it was Safe Shepherd. I'm not really sure too much on what they're doing right now. We typically, you know, err more towards the side of suppression because you are building out, you should be building out your online profile anyway. So the fact that these tend to rank because there isn't much competition, the problem usually ends up taking care of itself as you're building out your online presence. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, I, I think the best way is just to build up your online, the presence you want people to find rather than sure. work on trying to get rid of some of these other things. But I do want to talk about one that if you get on it, it's like, uh oh, big problems. We need to do something to bury this. And that is the infamous ripoff report. Oh, I knew you were going there. <laughs> Which is, you know, and this is, this is one of these sites where, Anybody can fill out this ripoff report on you for really any reason they want to. And the guy who owns it actually has said he won't take anything down once it's up there. And if anybody's curious to know more, you can actually listen to the Reply All podcast specifically about the ripoff report. It's it's pretty fascinating. But you you recently did a webinar specifically on how do we bury this ripoff report. So for somebody who f- unfortunately finds themselves with a ripoff report about them, what what are steps that they need to take? 
Yeah. So ripoff report is, you know, such, it, it definitely is one of the more common ones that we see. Whenever you're dealing with a ripoff report or any negative for that matter, it's the same sort of process that we've been talking about, but you're going to require a lot more content to suppress the negative off the first page. So if you have a ripoff report that's you know showing up on you know right on that first page, your best option is to suppress it with positive and relevant content about you so that you know it moves to the second or third page where 90, I think it's 95% of people aren't even going to go. It does require more content for a few reasons, and they're logical if you think about them. So a typical first page of search results has, you know, about, you know, 10 results. So you need at least 10 really good results about you to get it off the first page. And if you start thinking about it that way, then the volume of content you need to create starts to make a lot of sense. So you definitely want to, you know, create your sites and profiles and then start creating content that you can update your sites and profiles with. So blogging, slideshows and sli- on SlideShare, if you can create videos, which actually if you've already gone through the trouble of creating a SlideShare, then you can very easily convert that into a video with software that typically comes on your computer for free. Just add a little music to it, and then you can upload it to a video site. Creating all that type of content over time, you should start to see some suppression. And unfortunately, it is not an overnight process. You know, Something like this could take several months to a year and even beyond, depending on how difficult it is to move. But just your best option is just creating a lot of really great content about you. Wow. So for somebody who finds themselves with this, should they go onto Ripoff Report's site and uh, you know leave a comment that says, hey, this is not me or I didn't do this or what? How should, how should they handle that? No, 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 no. If you're on the site right now, X out. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so what commenting does is it helps this, it helps it rank higher. Because one of the indicators to Google is engagement. So if it sees this ripoff report that you're commenting on, the person's commenting back, someone else is commenting, that's just adding fuel to the fire and helping it rank higher. So you might see this ripoff report and your first instinctual reaction is to reply, don't. Take a step back. Think about, you know, what's in the report. You know, sometimes it's speaking to a real issue and that's a much larger issue because you might need to make some changes to your business. But if you think it's kind of an outlier or someone that's just angry or, you know, they caught you on a bad day or, you know, could potentially be a competitor that's writing false ones, then really take a step back and start really looking at the type of content that you can create to suppress it. Because commenting on it is going to do no good for you. Um, And you might comment now, and we see this with clients all the time. That comment that you're commenting now is going to cause you problems in the long run because it'll be that much difficult to suppress. So I'm, I'm hearing a common theme here, Sabrina. You're telling me that if I want to get rid of negative results or bury them in Google, I have to produce content. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And not and and not just a little bit. I need to produce a lot of it, especially if I want to bear, uh, bury a ripoff report. Or I may not need to produce as much if all I'm seeing are things like the Spokio or four one one. 
Yeah. And there, there are different ranges of, you know, negative or unwanted results. You know, you have this white pages that, oh, I kind of wish it wasn't out there. You know, my address is on it. I really don't like that to severe negative results like a ripoff report. And they all have different ranges of what we call authority. And authority is things that Google uses to help things rank higher. So ripoff reports have a lot of authority over time. You know, people engage in them. They say ripoff report right on the search results. So of course, if someone sees that, they're going to click on it, which ends up helping it rank higher. Um, so there are different ranges. So the timelines can be different for them. But typically, you're looking at, you know, close to a year and even beyond when uh, you're facing a negative. Wow. So there's some food for thought for people. Instead of instead of uh, location, 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 it's now content, content, content. Yes. Content is king. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about the company you work for now, Brand Yourself. And we mentioned this right at the very beginning, but I'd like to talk a little bit more about it. Who, who is the typical person that either attends your webinars or comes to you for the free consultation? Sure. So it, it really runs a, a range in terms of user base. We deal with people that are looking to either just build out an online brand. Uh, they know it's important, so they want to start taking the steps to do that. Or probably the majority of it is they're dealing with something negative or unwanted. Um, that they're looking to suppress or deal with. So it might be something as severe as a ripoff report, like we mentioned, but it could also be something unwanted, like being in competition with a NFL cheerleader, for example. So we we definitely get a range of people, uh, but it typically airs towards, I have something that I don't really want on the first page, or I'm in competition with someone, or I have something negative, you know, how, what do I do? Okay. And at the end of every one of your webinars, you offer to anybody who's in attendance a free consultation. Yes. So what is it when, if they were to sign up for the free consultation, what can they expect? With our free consultations, you sit down, you know, on the phone or Skype with a reputation advisor and that person, you know, what they'll do is they'll, they'll Google your name. They'll take a look at your existing search results, really understand what your goal is. And then they'll give you some very specific steps for how you can improve it. So if you're sitting there with a negative and you have no idea what step one is, um, I definitely recommend the consultation because they'll at least give you some guidance. They'll give you a bit of a roadmap for what your next step should be. Um, so even if you do choose to not work with us, you at least really know, you know, what are my options here? What do I need to be doing now to deal with this situation? And if you want to, you know, work with Brain Yourself, you obviously can. Okay. Now, there's there's probably also when you get to that point, a couple types of people. There's people who want to try to do things on their own. And then there's people who either just want to have something done for them because they, they either don't feel they have the technical knowledge or the time uh, or both to, to, to do it. So, I want to talk a little bit first about the DIY tool that you have. And I actually have signed up for that. I li- I'm actually looking at my um, my profile right now. Awesome. I love how you guys have kind of gamified the process of putting together a positive online reputation. So can you talk a little bit about when somebody signs up for, for an account in the DIY space, what are they going to see and what are some things that they can do? So the first thing that you're going to see is we're going to ask you to put in your name. And that is the name that you want to optimize. So going back to it, the name you think that someone's going to Google. 
Um, once you have your name in, we'll be able to pull up all the search results that are showing up for that name. And you can go ahead and indicate for each result, oh, that's me, that's positive, or that's not me, who's that? Or, oh my God, that's me and it's negative. <laughs> um, and then once you've gone ahead and marked all of your results, we'll give you what's called a search score. And it's like getting a grade in school. So A to F. Um, and based on that grade, you can kind of get a sense of what, you really should be doing. If you have an A, then you're in a great position where you, you just really need to maintain your positive brand. If you have, you know, you're in the B, C range, you know, you're just passing. Um, there's still some work that can be done. And if obviously, if you're dealing with a D or an F, you're in a situation where you've got probably an issue going on, probably a negative, and you really got to work to build out your online brand. Where would where would people show up if they had no online presence whatsoever? So you Google their name and there's absolutely nothing comes up about them. They actually show up in the lower range of the grades. So I believe it's either a D or even an F at this point. And the okay. reason for that is, you know, if nothing's showing up about you, that is actually you. Then you're leaving yourself open for someone to really build that reputation or define your reputation for you. It could be someone else with your name that does something negative and now you're in a case of mistaken identity. It could be, you know, someone who's doing something maliciously against you or you're just really at the end of the day losing out on an opportunity to let your brand take you places as corny as it sounds. You know, if you're googling someone um, in a job interview and you come across their online presence and they their first page of their results are their website. They're active on social media, talking about the industry. They've got a blog going. You're much more likely to hire or work with that person than if you Google someone and you can't even find them. Obviously, if you have a super, super common name like John Smith, it is difficult to get onto the first page. It's not impossible. Uh, but at the end of the day, everyone should be working on their online brand. Yeah, I agree. Matthew Capala, who was my guest on show 10, he he said, as we were talking about SEO and personal branding, that not showing up in search results is really a fate that's worse than invisibility. Definitely. Uh, because that's essentially what you are. If they, people can't find you, they don't know who you are or where to go find more information about you. Exactly. And you know, our unofficial motto here is that Good results help you just as much as bad results hurt you. So at the end of the day, whether you're dealing with a negative or not, you definitely should be building out that online brand so you don't let someone define it for you. So as I, as I continue to go through kind of my report card here, I go, I'll go to the next one. There are links that you add in as you go through the system. You say this is you know a link for me and then you can boost those links what does that mean when we click there? So there's a little button and I, I may actually put together a video of the inside of this so people can actually see what I'm talking about. But if I click the boost button, what happens? So when you, when you, once you've submitted a link or a profile that you actually want to rank for your name, like let's go with Twitter, for example. Um, once you've had a Twitter, you can click boost and it's going to bring up what we've identified as very specific things that you can do to your Twitter to help it rank higher in Google. And it's things like putting your name in a number of key places, which we spoke about, 
um, making sure that you're being active and sharing content on it. It really just takes you through all the steps that we talked about. So you make sure you're not missing anything, that you have the best chance of getting that profile to rank well. We're really simplifying the process for you so it's not you know crazy, complicated, and technical as it might seem. Right. You even you even have them broken down into one-time steps yep. and repeating steps. So things that you need to take action on more than just the one time. So for example, I I just clicked on mine and it says I need to post a tweet. Yep. And 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 if I do that, then I get an additional uh, forty-eight points towards my total for my Twitter account, which is three hundred. Awesome. So it's really cool the way I think you guys have have as I said before, you've kind of gamified the way that you can see your, your your ranking change for the profiles or the you know the links that you want to have rank and show up in Google. Absolutely. And you can do and you can do all this on the DIY. It's you know it's all part of, you know, when you sign up for it, it's all included in there. What's the difference between this and say the concierge service? So the concierge service, we do it all for you. So we have an awesome in-house team who are experts in this field in term in terms of search engine optimization and producing really great content. And as we know, content is king. And when you work with us as a client, you know, we figure out the best way to position you online given your goals. So if you have a negative, we strategize, you know, the best ways to suppress it. We figure out what your online brand should be. You know, it's very hard for people to write about themselves. If you ever try to sit down and write your own bio. So we really, you know, pride ourselves in being able to figure out how to position you online. And then we go ahead and build and maintain everything for you. So we'll build all the websites you need, profiles, and then month to month, we actually go in and create the content necessary to suppress anything unwanted. So everything from blogging to slide shares, videos, social media management, the whole nine yards. For the WordPress sites, for example, do you, you own those or do you turn those over to the clients? The client owns them. Um, you know, once we create them, we're the ones that are actually managing it you know, going forward. We do host them for the clients because you know, it's typically you, know, you do need to host a website and a domain name. We register the domain name. We make sure it doesn't expire so someone else can snag it out from under us like you did. Right. <laughs> And then we really make sure that everything's hosted and built well. But at the end of uh, at the end of the day, you know, the client has full control. They can still log into everything that they have, make any changes that they want. If they want to create their own content a little bit, that's totally cool. And then if they do end up not working with us, we turn everything over, and you have your online presence. So, Sabrina, I, like I said at the beginning, I could talk to you on this stuff for a lot longer, but I know we both have we both have things that we need to go do. So, uh, for those listening that would like to know more either about you or about brand yourself, what is the best way for those listening today to get in touch with you? So, the best way uh, to learn more about Brand Yourself is to go to brandyourself.com. You can sign up for a free account right there. Um, and our number is also there. So, if you're interested in our services or if you just have a question, you can give us a call. Or feel free to email me directly at S, as in Sabrina, Clark at brandyourself.com. And that's C-L-A-R-K, no E. <laughs> All right. And do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom, tips, anything like that you'd like to pass on to anybody that's listening today? Well, first, I want to thank you for having me. This has been an absolute blast. Um, I, I love you know everything that you're doing here with this podcast and really congratulations on getting it started. Thank you. And 
you know, I just would like to, you know, leave everyone with at the end of the day, you know, no matter what you're looking to accomplish, if you want to build out your online brand, or if you're looking to suppress a negative, you really, it's routed in just having a really strong online brand about you and making sure that you're really putting your best foot forward online and telling the story that you want told. Um, Because if you're not the one that's telling it, you really leave yourself opening up open up for someone to tell it for you. I could not have said that better myself. Sabrina, thank you very much for your time. I I learned more stuff again today from you. I can seem to always learn from you. And for those interested, I highly recommend they go check it out. Uh, and again, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. Telling the story you want told. I love that. Are you telling the story you want told? Or are you letting someone else tell it for you? As Sabrina mentioned right at the start of the show, people turn to the internet for anything and everything, and you, my friend, fall into that category. Think about it for a minute. If you were going into a meeting with a client, or you were going to meet someone that you've never met before, are you going to Google that person's name before you walk into that room or before you meet them in person? Of course you will. We do this every day, from looking for directions to Googling your date's name. In fact, we Google so often that Google has become a verb. People can, do, and will Google your name as well. And the question for you is, will you be ready for it when they do? Sabrina, thank you very much for being a guest today. As usual, I learned a lot, and my guess is the listeners today did as well. And speaking of you listeners, you know I appreciate you tuning in each and every week. You also know that I want you to be known for the experts that you are. But the only way that you can do this is to own your brand and to take charge of your online reputation. So if you're ready to take that leap, I recommend you check out Brand Yourself. And if you head on over to ryanroten.com forward slash blog setup, you'll find a video that will walk you through the steps required to purchase your domain and get started blogging in less than five minutes. You can find all of the show notes for today's show over at ryanroten.com forward slash Sabrina Clark. That's it for today. Be sure to tune in next week when I'll be talking to a punk rock bass playing social recruiting expert about how you can use the secrets of recruiters to find your next job. So until next week, I've been Ryan and I'm out.